It's about you, your health, your family, and your community. This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And good morning. Welcome to this special edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. This morning, we kick off our first of a two-part series on how to strengthen your marriage. This morning, part one, attitudes and expectations of marriage. Coming up this morning, find out what teenagers think about marriage. We sit down with high school students, hear what they have to say about pursuing the American dream, a spouse, a house with a white picket fence. Is marriage a priority for them? We'll find out. Then it's a growing trend. Couples who make the decision to live together, have children, but skip the marriage vows. We talked to such a couple coming up this morning. Find out why they have decided not to marry. Plus, we talked to a newly engaged couple about their expectations of marriage. Are they prepared to tie the knot? You decide. And later, what would happen if both you and your spouse quit your jobs, decided to travel the world? Would your marriage survive? We talked to a couple who did just that. Their amazing voyage later in the show. For additional information on how to strengthen your marriage and to join the conversation this morning about marriage, Visit our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Like us there. We begin our two-part series on how to strengthen your marriage, attitudes, and expectations of marriage with our resident counselor, Cimbria Hess. Cimbria is a licensed family and marriage therapist. Welcome to the show this morning, Cimbria. Great to have you back. We haven't had you on in, in quite a while, so it's really good to see you. It's good to see you too, Ronnie. Good, good. So all morning long and for this two-part series, we're focusing on marriage. Now, I understand that there's a trend. People are getting married later in life. Is that right? That's correct. Compared to the 1960s, if you compare the statistics from the 1960s to today, um, back in the 60s, women tend to get married around the age of 20, men around the age of 23. Um, in current times, they tend to get married now later by close to 10 years. Men tend to get married around 29 women around 27. And it's interesting that that's such a later time in life to get married. And so I got curious about what that was about and tried to figure out, well, how come that is? Because that is impacting how marriage works in society and what people expect. Good, good. That's really interesting. Now, this morning we're talking about attitudes about marriage. Do many people come into marriage with preconceived notions about marriage and that life will be this beautiful fairy tale, that this marriage will be this fairy tale. I think when you're in that first stage of marriage where it's all about the passion and the honeymoon and and it's driven by so much oxytocin and endorphins and all the good things, Mm -hmm. I think that during that stage, people expect to get to keep that romantic stage. We're pretty much a romantic love kind of culture. We think you should get to keep it. And that's really not the truth. Um, Marriage is different and it changes. So I think people's expectations when they're getting married are that they're going to get to keep that feeling. And there's this this weird idea among some of the millennials that they should get to have like a capstone marriage. It should be a peak thing. So their expectations are very high and somewhat hard to attain and maintain. Mm, very interesting. In today's day and age, how important is marriage to most people? Do people still respect the institution of marriage? I believe they do. And and the expectations of people that are young, they still expect to get married at some point in their life. They just expect to accomplish a few things first. Um, and, and I also think that people want their marriage to be very important when they do get married, which makes it harder because they set the bar so high that one person may not be able to fulfill all those things for them. Because marriage, when you go in, you have to have a pretty decent sense of self and 
your happiness is going to be individually generated and then you get to share that with your mate. Marriage isn't going to, quote unquote, make you happy. Doesn't okay. work that way. Okay, but we see it in all the fairy tales, so I think. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it always the guy just yeah, makes happily you ever happy. after. Absolutely, every princess. Now, for engaged couples that are listening this morning, um, when they decide, you know, we're going to get married, what kind of questions should they be asking one another before they get married? I think they need to have some really honest conversations about how they want to live. Um, what are their expectations about money? What are their expectations about how much debt each person's bringing in and how are they going to handle that? Good point. Um, because people don't tend to talk. You, I am usually stunned by how many couples I get to meet at work that don't necessarily ever have the conversation about money before the wedding. Um, and money is a big thing. But to me, the bigger thing is they need to figure out how they're going to solve conflicts. Because if you're going to live with someone monogamously long term, you got to figure out how you're going to handle when you're angry and when you're not at your best. And how are you going to not hurt one another in that situation? Because that'll dictate a lot. And then there's the conversations about what do you expect with your family and children and your spirituality and, and how are you going to manage your lifestyle? You know, what kind of goals and aspirations do you have? But the, to me, the big top three are always going to be how are you going to manage conflict? How are you going to manage what you think is a reasonable way to live together? day-to-day functioning stuff that it's boring that stuff's not exciting but that's yeah those are really good questions and i don't think couples and that's why i brought it up i just don't think they ask one another those questions i i think one of the husband things my husband did before we got married that was smart is we had agreed to get married and we were sitting by a pool one day and he said to me because i had paid for my own schooling and borrowed quite a bit to do it and he, he said, how much debt am I buying into when we get married? And I was like, oh, I'm like an exact figure. And he was like, yeah, I actually want to know the figure. Um, he said, we'll manage it, but I want to know. And I thought that was pretty smart on his behalf because I did have it and he didn't. That's very smart. So let me ask you this now. We were talking about engaged couples, but I think a lot of times when you're engaged, you get lost in this whole wedding, the fantasy of the wedding. They get busy planning the wedding and they don't have those conversations the questions that we just talked about. Do you find that to be true? I do find that to be true. Unless their church or the people, the person that's marrying them has some system of counseling or some system of mentoring a new couple through the church or through their community to help the couple kind of have those conversations. Like we were required as part of getting married. I wouldn't say that what we did was outstanding, but we did it. Um, (laughs) But it did give us the opportunity to have a few harder conversations that I wouldn't have probably done on my own because you're busy planning a wedding and you're in love and you're in that passion stage and you just don't believe anything bad will happen. You truly don't. In that stage, people do not believe it. So, and that to lead into my next question, but in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. This morning, we're speaking to our resident counselor here. We're talking to Simbria Hess. She's a licensed family and marriage therapist, and we're happy to have her back with us this morning. Now, you talked about this. You touched on this, but do you recommend that all couples have some type of premarital um, counseling? Or mentoring. Mentoring, okay. Counseling is great for many things, and I think it serves a purpose. And if you think you're not going to have those conversations on your own, then yes, absolutely. If you were one of those lucky few that was born into a beautifully intact marriage with your parents, and they role model for you how to have conflict and how to solve it and how to be kind, maybe not necessarily as much. We learn a lot of life through role modeling. But most of us weren't born into that ideal scenario with our parents. We have to learn it our own way. Um, So yes, I think that counseling or modeling or someone to mentor your relationship is a useful thing. Good, good. 
Now, what are some of the most overlooked areas of marriage that, if not addressed early on, can destroy your marriage? I think two main things. One would be um, learning how not to avoid conflict. I think couples that are really nice people tend to avoid conflict, and that helps resentment and bitterness and all bad things start to grow. And the second thing is I think they need to learn how to, when their mate has a bid for their attention, how to actually turn to their mate and not go off individually and do what they want. Most of us have pretty good, by the time we're grown and get married, coping skills as an individual, but most of those individual coping skills are kind of awful marital skills. You know, if you go off and just take care of yourself, that's great for you. It tends to isolate your mate. And if you're going to be married long term, John Gottman, who does research, says the number one thing that helps people stay together is something called turn to behavior, which is learning to, under duress and when you're struggling, turn toward, go find, make eye contact and be with your mate. Not necessarily talk, but you turn to them first, not yourself, not your individual skills, because those isolate the relationship. And so if people could learn how to solve conflict, expect to have conflict and learn how to solve it then I think that would help give them a great foundation to manage all the other mundane things of life that you're going to have to deal with. Okay, so that's a good skill to know and to have and to use in having your arsenal. Um, Help me play that out. How would that, give me a scenario, how would that play out? For example, if, um, let's say that one of your parents gets chronically ill and you're sad about it. A way that that would play out is if when you were single, how you handled that is you went and talked to your friends or you went and um, worked out or you did whatever you did to try to cope. Um, and you went and did that and you didn't really talk to your mate. Um, and they know you're struggling, you know you're struggling, and nobody addresses it in the relationship. That kind of starts to create a divide. That would be the unhealthy way. I wouldn't want you to necessarily do it. You could do that. And the healthier way that helps the relationship thrive is you go to your mate I'm struggling. This is what would help me. Um, You know, can we talk more? Can we talk less? Just sit with me on the couch, whatever you need. But you go to them to help get your coping skills met and to deal with the bad things so that you're dealing with it together, not you versus him. And then that way, as you know, life's hard things show up, you get to do it together and it keeps people in a long term marriage happier. You touched on this, Simbria, but I think this is a really important part But I think a lot of people don't really have the role models for a healthy relationship. Maybe your mom was a single mom or maybe your mom never got married or, you know, on the husband, you know, your dad as well. A lot of times you just don't have those role models in your family, especially role models. There may have been people in your family that were were married. Right. But now divorced. But there in some families, they don't have those examples of couples that are have been together for 25 years, 30 years, that type of thing. Agreed. And I think even if we do have that model, sometimes that model doesn't necessarily apply to a modern marriage. You know, one of the hard things I think for this generation of men under probably 35 is if they do exactly what their dad did, and even if their dad was an awesome husband and father, um, if they only did what he did, that wife will not be happy because our expectations for what we want out of our mates have evolved. So even the role models we did have, even if they were wonderful, may not be sufficient for what your current marriage needs. Um, I think that being married now, the expectations are higher. My husband's father bragged about when we had little babies. He bragged to me once that he had never changed a diaper and they had three children. Um, and And I remember being on the floor changing one of my kids and my husband was changing the other one and looking at my husband and we got in the car and I was like, you know, if you never changed a diaper, 
um, you and I would have big trouble. Um, <laughs> but his dad was a good dad, was a good husband. Mm-hmm. Um, but that model wouldn't work for the two of us. Okay. So I think even if you have the model, you're still going to need exemplary skills that maybe your parents didn't have to have because roles have changed. All right. So we're out of time this morning. But let me ask you this final question. You've been counseling hundreds, thousands of couples <laughs> over the years. You've been married um, for 27 years. This 27. Year. Congratulations. What's the secret to a lasting marriage? I think to, a couple things is the secret. And I think it's different for every couple. It's what makes you guys happy and what makes your marriage function well. To me, the two big things would be that you constantly think about the fact and choose to love your partner even when it's hard. Um, and that you choose to stay active and you treat them like they're, they're your best friend. And hopefully you include passion in that and hopefully include playfulness in that. But to me, the big thing is, is you got to remember they're on your team. Good advice. And, you know, one thing for me, you know, I've been married 23 years and, you know, sometimes people ask you what's the secret, but the secret is that there is no secret. That's totally true. You just have to work at it every day and, you know, you have to just work hard and love hard. I always think you have to remember love's a verb. You have to do something and actively invest in your marriage. And if you do that, it pays off. Mm-hmm. Any feeling you pay attention to increases. So if you pay attention to the good, you'll build that. All right. Really good information. Again, it's so good to see you again. Thank you so much. If our listeners would like to reach out to you, again, you're a licensed family and marriage therapist. How can our listeners reach out to you, Simbria? They can call the office at 513-233-0020 um, or they can email me at simbria at net. Okay, and we'll have all that information on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. You can head there now, like us there now, and join the conversation there as well. Thank you, Simbria. You're welcome, Rodney. Good to see you. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to part one of our two-part series on how to strengthen your marriage. This morning, Attitudes and Expectations of Marriage. Now, recently, I had the opportunity to sit down and talk face-to-face with teenagers about their attitudes about marriage. It was really interesting to get this generation's insights into marriage. This is what they had to say. So what's your name, sir? Jacob. Sarah. Years ago, decades ago, way before you were born, the American dream was to, you know, buy a house with a white picket fence, get married, and have 2.5 kids. Um, What are your thoughts? Do you guys envision yourself being married? Um, yeah, I think I'll probably get married um, after I kind of find myself. So is that a part of your American dream or your dream for yourself or something you want? Eventually, yeah, because I just I want to be able to be independent, but it would be nice to have somebody with me. All right, Jacob, what about you? Did you grow up or do you feel like you wanted the American dream? Do you feel like that's outdated or is that something that you want to do? Do you envision yourself being married, Jacob? Yeah, I mean, I can envision myself being married, but... I, I'm not going to, it's not going to be something that I'm going to like seek out. If it feels right, it feels right. And I'm just going to roll with it then, but it's not going to be something that I'm going to pressure myself in doing. Were your parents married or are there your parents married? Uh, yeah, my parents <laughs> got married after me and my brother were born, but they dated a long time. And so how long have they been married? Uh, 17 years. Okay. What about you? Um, my parents have been divorced for like five years now, but they both remarried. Uh, they were married like 11 years. So do you think um, looking at your family or friends or things like that, do you think you have good role models for like what a healthy relationship, healthy marriage should be? No, not really. I, I don't have a I, I don't have any um, like positive relationships that I, I see, but I, I've, I've seen good moments. And so I, I just I've kind of fixated on those good moments and saw that what they were doing right in those good moments. And I've kind of gone with it then. 
Um, I've kind of just seen what works and what doesn't. There's no, like, real great role model, but I've seen, like, how you should be treated by your partner and how important it is to have respect for yourself in that matter. There are a lot of couples today that are deciding, you know, not to get married, maybe live together, have children together, but not get married. What do you guys think about that? Is that... A good way to go, bad way to go. We're not making judgments calls, but I just want to get your opinion on it. Um, I think it really depends on the couple because there's a lot of pressure to marriage. And if you're not ready for it, you shouldn't have to do it. So if you're comfortable with just living with them and being with each other, then I think that's really important and a good decision to make for yourself. Yeah, I, I, kind, of, I kind of feel the same way. It's just um, it depends on the couple. If you, if you think you're meant to be together, do whatever feels right. Years ago, there was this whole stigma or taboo about we talked about people living together and having children but not being married does that still exist today do you think how do you think people your age feel about something that is that antiquated what do you think um i honestly think that most people our age don't care but it's brought um to light by the older generations who are trying to pressure us into finding the one and going the same like going down the same route that they were um I kind of like, um, I feel a little bit the same. I think, I think with parents nowadays, they're seeing themselves doing the wrong things, and so they're trying to do everything they possibly can to make sure that we don't do them too. And so I think that's why, that's why visions of like people getting married and having the white picket fence and all that stuff, it keeps getting updated because people keep seeing what people are doing wrong, and they, they're trying to fix it. So we're with another group. What's your first name? Brooke. Trinity. Tessa. Brooke. Trinity and Tessa. So like I asked the other group, so, you know, the American dream is to find a spouse, buy a house with a white picket fence and to um, have 2.5 children. Is that something that you envision for yourself? Not really. No. Um, I don't know. My American dream is not to have a family or to get married or anything. So that's not like a goal of mine. Like if it happens, it happens. But that's not something I strive for. Uh, yeah, I think I feel the same. It's not exactly a goal, but I wouldn't mind it if it happened because I really like children. And so, I mean, having children would be nice, but it's not like a goal, like I have to do it. And if I didn't do it, there would be like a consequence. Um, well, my career is very important to me and I want to go to college and have a career and everything. Having uh, getting married and having children and a house and everything is a goal of mine when I envision the future. And um, it's just something that I've always wanted, and even the white picket fence. Okay. We're talking about attitudes and what you guys think. I want, I'm really interested in what you guys think. Years ago, you know, it was everybody. Nowadays, people are they're opting not to get married, to live together, and to have children. What's your thoughts on that? I feel like if that's what, as a couple, if you feel like that's what's better for you, because marriage isn't for everyone. And so sometimes it works better if you don't have that commitment, like that lifelong commitment, because it scares some people. And so to know that, like, you still have that person and you have all of the perks of marriage without actually being married, I think that that works for some people and makes them feel comfortable. Personally, um, I, like, am interested in the idea of like marriage not because like the piece of paper but just the act of devotion itself but I think that whatever works for you works yeah I agree with Tessa like and Trinity like if you feel you can commit to that one person I don't think the title of marriage really matters because in the end to me 
marriage is just another title that people get, and I think people give it too much hype. So what about this old stigma about having kids without being married? Do you guys believe in that? Uh, No, I don't believe in that. My mom was kind of in that era where um, my grandma actually, she was actually never married. So no, I don't think that um, you should have to be married in order to have kids. I mean, if you love someone and you have a kid with them, then, you know. (laughs) I agree with Trinity. I don't understand why there's that whole thing about how it's shameful if you like you know you have a mom but there's no dad around especially if like your mom and dad never got married I think that having a kid in general is a wonderful thing whether or not the parents are married I also don't think it really matters I think it's um less of a bigger deal in our generation but to older generations it's like no, you have to be married, like, gun-ho with marriage and having kids. But, yeah, I don't think it really matters. Um, let's talk about role models. Are there someone in your you, that you can look to, if you got married, that you could talk to them about being married that could be a role model to you if you were to get married? Yeah, if I were to get married, I'd definitely go to my grandparents. They've been married for 56 years now, so they're really supportive of everything that I do, and I know that they'd have my best option inside um I would go to my mom and dad because they their marriage isn't always perfect and they have disagreements and my mom has said that eventually marriage gets boring but that you you have to I mean not you have to but they're able to stick with each other and I believe that they still love each other so I'll go to my mom and dad Um, my mom and dad are not married, so I don't really have anybody in my family that are married either. We're really independent, and so, um, if anyone, I guess my dad is married, but I don't know, like, a lot about him, so, I mean, no, I wouldn't, there's not really anybody I could go to. What's your name? Francis. All right, Francis. So let's talk about this. Um, I asked your classmates this, but for decades, the American dream was to, and it, I believe it still is, to buy a house, get married, and have 2.5 kids. So uh, is that something that you think that you want to do when you get older, is um, pursue that quote-unquote American dream? Um, I think so. I I think my, my first priority, though, is to, um, you know, complete my education, however, you know, however long that takes. And, um, but then I think I'd also like to feel like I was... Um, contributing to my community and stuff before I start focusing on myself and building my home and my family. Um, and I'd also really like to adopt kids. So, so let me ask you this. So, um, were your parents were, or are your parents married? Yes. Um, they've been married for 25 years. And do you feel like, um, whether it's in your family or family or friends or your group of friends that you see, do you think you have a role model to show you what a healthy relationship marriage should look like? Yeah, I mean, I think that my parents have had some pretty significant bumps in the road. And I think more than that part of their marriage, though, I like for the most part, especially when I was younger, I looked up to them a lot. As for my grandparents, they've been married like 51 years, so I couldn't imagine them not being together. But my mom's parents are divorced, so that being said, like my parents were married for 23 years and then this, you know, big thing happened and we weren't sure if they were going to get divorced or not, so, um, but then they got back together, so it's kind of, it can kind of come out 
at any time. Nowadays, couples are deciding to kind of skip marriage, live together, have children together. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, we're not judging right, wrong, or good, but what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think that part of marriage is kind of this agreement that you're committing to this one person. Like, I think that some of the dialogue that surrounds marriage as a um, as a institution can be intimidating, and um, especially, you know, when you when you actually take that step and you get married. Um, I think that can become more real to you. Whereas, like, you know, if you're not married, then it seems like this beautiful, beautiful thing, which it is, but it's also, you know, this, it's a big commitment and it's a big, um, it's tying yourself to another person, like legally. So, um, I think that it, I mean, it makes sense that people don't get married and have kids and see how their family is operating before they, you know, come do that or and I think other people just see it as um don't necessarily see it as like a representation of how much they love each other it's just this kind of extra thing all right there you have it that's what some young people think about marriage today and in case you're just tuning in you're listening to part one of our two-part series on how to strengthen your marriage this morning we're talking about attitudes and expectations of marriage to join the conversation visit Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook Head there now and like us there now. We continue this morning looking at attitudes and expectations of marriage. Many couples today are deciding not to get married, to live together, and to have children. On the phone with me now, we're joined by Caitlin and Grant. They're one such couple. Welcome to the show this morning, Grant and Caitlin. How are you? I'm doing great. Good morning. All right, good. Now, how long have the two of you been together, Grant? Uh, I think 14 years. All right, going on 14. He said, I think we're going on 14 years. Is he right, Caitlin? It's 14, yeah. All right, good, good. And how long have you guys been living together? It's like 12 or 13. Now, you guys have a daughter together, and how old is she? She's two. So you've been together for 14 years, more than some people's marriages last. So what made you, or why did you guys decide not to get married? Do you want to take that one, Grant? <laughs> um, that's a good question. Um, I think we really didn't feel the need to do that uh, early on in our relationship. It just never seemed like it was a big, huge priority. You know, we, we knew we loved each other and we knew we wanted to be together, but uh, we didn't feel like we needed a piece of paper to uh, solidify our relationship with one another. Okay, Caitlin, your perspective. We were young when we started dating and moved in, and we never really put pressure on each other to move forward with a marriage and, and we wanted we knew we wanted to travel and enjoy life and so I think that's that led to that. Now were your parents married, Grant? My parents were married, yes. Okay. They, they got divorced when I was like two years old. Okay, Caitlin, what about you? Were your parents married? They were married, but they divorced when I was in high school. So do you believe your parents divorced? Did that play a role in your decision not to marry? Personally, I think when we started dating, I don't think it was in the forefront of our minds. But as we've gotten older, you know, things just become a little bit more clear to you as you get older. And I think maybe it was factor in both of our subconsciouses as something that we were a little bit nervous about. Okay, Grant, what about you? Yeah, I agree 100%. I don't think we were both like, yeah, we come from a broken home, so we're not going to make that same mistake our parents did. But I think subconsciously we were, that was potentially one of the reasons why we're like we don't why do we need to do this you know what i mean it didn't work for our parents so what's to say it's going to work for us 
or be any different for us. So why why bother? So Caitlin, I have to ask you this now. You know, girls, when you're your girlfriends and your maybe your mom, were they constantly nagging you? Because you know, you women, you can do that. Girl, <laughs> he ain't gonna never marry you. Did you get any of that? I didn't get like that. That he's never gonna marry me. It was more people like asking why we don't understand why you aren't just getting married you're basically married just get married um i mean that we still get a little bit of pressure from family and friends but it was but most of most of our close group of people has always just been supportive of us and grant likewise did you feel pressure to pop the question no i felt no pressure whatsoever my uh, my family never was giving me a hard time about it or, or said that I needed to get married. They were just happy that Caitlin and I had found each other and, uh, you know, loved each other. So they, I never had felt any pressure from really anybody to ask her to, to marry me or to get married. Okay. Now, Caitlin, you say that people assume that the two of you guys are already married. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So tell me about that. And what is that like? If I don't know them real well, I just play along and <laughs> I let them think that we're married. Um, the difference is for women and men, you know, a lot of women, if they assume I'm married, they start asking about my wedding. And that's where it gets, then I have to spill the beans that we're not <laughs> actually married. Um, so for the, you know, for the most part, I just kind of let people think whatever they want to think about us. And so who do you get this from? Do you get this from the group that the play group with your daughter or who do you get this from? People just assume you're married. We have moved quite a bit to different cities, so new cities and new friends, that tends to start questions about us or assumptions about us, um, and uh, new coworkers, they are often can, can have quite a few questions for you about your life, uh, <laughs> so that tends to be mostly where it comes from. And Grant, on your end, have you had any negative experiences after people find out that the two of you are unmarried and have a child together? No, not that I recall, okay. uh, Caitlin. I can't. I don't really think I've ever had someone be like, "Oh, that's strange," or "Why?" or, or anything like that. And I usually, um, because we've been in Columbus here for about six months or whatnot, with all my new coworkers and, and new people I meet, I just tell them, you know, I refer to Caitlin. I just refer to her as my wife because it's just easier. I don't want to have to explain the whole backstory. So it's just a convenient thing to say that, yeah, my wife, Caitlin, I need to check with her. Hey, we're doing this this weekend or whatever. I don't even go into the whole story unless I know that person really well. So, Okay. Negative experiences, Caitlin, but, you know, because I guess as women, they probably judge you a little bit harsher. Any negative experiences for on your end? I can't think of and there's nothing really that stands out. I, you know, you can tell when you're talking to somebody if they don't really approve of that and I kind of just move along uh, and don't dwell on it because it's not their decision to live that way um, and it's our decision so you know I, you do get that feeling from some people but but overall I think with the way things are these days and that marriage has evolved people are more open to it okay and I was going to say because you know people are always judging and you know we're not doing it here on the show but people make judgments I do think people make judgments, but have they expressed those judgments directly to my face? I would have to say the majority of the time, no. And in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to part one of our special two-part series 
on how to strengthen your marriage. This morning, it's all about attitudes and expectations of marriage. We're speaking to Grant and Caitlin. They're unmarried. They've been living together for 14 years, and they have a two-year-old daughter together. They're here this morning to talk about why they've decided not to get married. For more information on the show, visit our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now and like us there now. So, Grant, I hear you planned a big surprise for Caitlin 10 years into your relationship. But one day later, you two received an even bigger surprise. Tell me about that, Grant. What happened? That is true. We went to Hawaii on a you know big vacation that we'd been you know planning and, and saving for, for for many years. And um, I procured an engagement ring beforehand, months and months, like nine months ahead, ahead of time um, from going on vacation. So, yeah, went there, had the ring with me the entire, you know, seven days we were in Hawaii, literally on my person the entire time. Everywhere we went, I had it with me and just waiting for the perfect time to, uh, to ask Caitlin to marry me and be my wife, uh, spend the rest of her life with me, really. And um, so I proposed finally. It was this, the second to last day, I think, that we were in, in Hawaii, maybe the last day, second to last day. And then the next uh, next evening, we were going out for, you know, final dinner, big time dinner. And uh, that's when we found out that uh, Caitlin was actually pregnant with our, <laughs> with our daughter. So what was that like? It was all very shocking to me. It was, uh, it was you know, an interesting brain ride home. So, Grant, why did you decide at that moment, 10 years into your relationship, was the right time to ask Caitlin to marry you? Well, I just felt like I needed to somehow, beyond just verbally, display or, or illustrate my commitment to Caitlin and, you know, let her know that I do want to spend the rest of my life with her. So, um, and that's, you know, there's really, I don't know, really other ways of doing that besides saying, you know, a promise ring or an engagement ring or, or something like that. Um, I couldn't think of any other way to do that. Uh, so that, that's, that's just what I did. Okay. So you are unmarried. You're living together 13 years. You have a baby. How did your daughter change that dynamic in your relationship? How have things changed for you guys? I mean, I think overall now, two years in, it strengthened it. I think in the beginning, as any new parent knows, you're struggling with sleepless nights. You're struggling with a overnight change in your life and the way that you've been living and grant and i lived a pretty carefree travel filled life and so it it did change it and we did struggle a little bit um and that's part of the reason we decided to move back to ohio and i think we're getting our footing again and we're excited okay grant for you how did your daughter how did that change the dynamics of your relationship actually i think it strengthened Caitlin's and I's resolve and relationship and desire to be with each other. Um, just raise this child as best as we humanly possible, you know, best as we can. Um, I mean, it definitely, you know, we spend a lot less time sitting on a bar stool now and going out and you know, <laughs> going to different places of the, the country and the world. All right. Um, but I think overall, it definitely strengthened our relationship after those those first few weeks of uh, of pandemonium. But I think overall, it definitely strengthened our relationship. Okay, so at this point, we all want to know. Have you guys decided on a wedding date yet? Have you set a date? I hate to say it, but we still have not. And that's okay. Do a date. And at this point in your life, Grant, how important is marriage to you guys right now? Um, I mean, actually, the actual marriage, I don't know if it really has any more meaning or appeal than it did for us, you know, 14 years ago. Um, I think it's just a way for us to celebrate our love for one another and to to declare to all of our loved ones, our close family and friends that, you know, we do want to spend the rest of our lives together. We're not going to have, I don't think, a regular kind of uh, wedding. I think we're just going to have a 
big giant party and uh, say, you know, I love you very much. I want to spend the rest of my life with you and then, you know, get to get to dancing. So um, I don't think it has holds much more sway than now than it did then. But um, I just feel, you know, it's just a, seems like the right thing to do to just clue all of our family and friends in that this is uh, the real deal. All right. Well, we're out of time this morning. Thank you, too, for taking time to talk to us. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I really do appreciate it because, you know, we talked about this off the air. There's so much judgment, but we're not judging here. We're just getting the information. Thank you so very much for sharing your story. Thank you so much, Ronnie. We'll be back with more Sunday Morning Magazine right after this. Stay with us. More to come. Hi, you're listening to my dad, Rodney Lear, on Sunday Morning Magazine. Like my dad's show on Facebook at Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. I don't hear you clicking.